Welcome to the Business Mentor Podcast. This podcast is where we share and discuss the experiences, ideas, and happenings in the world of business, featuring some very special guests and experts to give you advice and direction in your journey. Introducing your host, award-winning entrepreneur and Prince's Trust business mentor, Jay Dillon. Winston, welcome to the Business Mentor Podcast. Um, great to have you on board. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me on, Jay. Yeah, no problems. I've been uh, following you and your story's really inspiring. And uh, we've been talking for a while over messages. We finally got together where we could uh, talk about your story and your inspiring story, basically. Um, I think what you're doing is fantastic. And I want my listeners to, to get to know a bit about you and also any challenge you, you've had and uh, maybe it can help with them as well on the way. So um, just tell us a bit about what you're doing at the moment, Winston. You mentioned, you know, I know you're an international speaker now, you've been on TEDx. But what are you doing at the moment in terms of work and, uh, yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, so my background, Jay, is actually in corporate. So I've started off working in financial services, worked for companies like Goldman Sachs. So I did that for a while, but mostly within technology roles. So okay. I, was always, I was always a tech geek, a software engineer, a programmer and and I went on to work for a number of different global consultancies doing similar kind of work within software engineering okay and um yeah I guess it just got to a point where I started to think you know perhaps there is more to life than just you know writing code and living a corporate life yeah and at the same time I was sort of doing public speaking but I was doing it as a hobby Okay. And I was really enjoying it. So I guess I just thought yeah. maybe I should actually try and look into this and take it a bit more seriously. And yeah. then kind of first fast forward a little bit, I ended up doing a TEDx talk. I ended up doing, um, like you said, international speaking. And now I'm just looking to engage with as many different audiences as I can because really? I believe I have a bit of a unique story. And Hopefully, by sharing some of my lessons, it will empower you know your listeners or audiences to overcome some of their challenges as well. Definitely, hundred percent. So, look, you're doing good things at the moment. So, let's take it back to your story, um, because obviously, it begins with your story. Tell me a bit about your you know starting off from your childhood, childhood, and to where you are at the moment. <laughs> yeah, sure. And you know what? It's one of those things I always say to people because I look a little bit different to most people. So you know, for the benefit of your listeners or anybody yeah. who hasn't come across me. I, you know, I'm quite small. So if you look at me body-wise, I'm probably the size of a five or six-year-old. I use a wheelchair as well. And that's because I was born with a condition known as brittle bone disease. And what that means, Jay, is that, you know, I was born with bones that are much weaker than the average person. So when I was younger, growing up, I had a lot of fractures, a lot of broken bones. And I don't know if you've ever experienced breaking a bone, Jay. Yes, I have. Yeah, I've broken my arm and it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not the most pleasant thing in the world. So imagine, yeah. like, throughout my childhood, I probably broke about 100 plus bones. So, wow. you know, when you broke your arm, I've probably done that more than 100 times. So, um, so do you go through the fracture procedure? Because I can remember breaking my arm. Obviously, they put a, a cast on, don't they? Correct, correct. Yeah, so literally the same procedure. Um, and like, I was literally in A&E almost like at least once or twice a month, which was wow. really, really horrible. And yeah. some of the fractures were quite severe, so they needed surgery as well. But that was just the nature of the condition. Um, luckily, the condition stabilized a little bit as I got older. And, and yeah, but, you know, with me, I've always been 
quite independent, quite outgoing. I never really went to a special school or anything like that. I always went to a mainstream school. And because I interacted with people who are, I guess, normal, whatever normal means, yeah. um, I always had people questioning me because I look much more different to the average person, right, when they see me. Yeah. Um, and I've always been open about sharing my story, talking about my condition. And I think that's partly what also inspired me to do public speaking is because, you know, when I was able to share my story with one person at a time, I could see that it was inspiring. So I thought maybe if I was able to go on the stage and go from sharing with one person at a time to 50 people, 100 people, 200 people, then hopefully I can leave, you know, some positive change in this world. Yeah, so going back to an early age, so, so how old are you now, Winston? I'm 32. So you're 32. I just turned 40. So I'm a bit ahead of you at the moment. You're looking so, good, you're looking good. Yeah, I've tried to, my friend. So basically, when you were younger, you mentioned mm. you went to a normal school. How old were you when you started school? Literally, same, you know, school age. I literally went through the same process, you know, went to nursery school, went to then primary school and then secondary school. Just normal, normal pace of education. And... How obviously your parents must have played a big part in that, but with regards to your strength, because you know we know what children are like. I've got a, a four-year-old and an eight-year-old. You know, uh, I'm blessed because they're very well behaved. But some <laughs> children, children are children, right? So, you know, you must have had a pretty strong mindset even as a child, because obviously you know children ask questions without thinking. You, do you know what I mean? So, where did that come from then? Where do you think that came from? Because, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good question. Yeah, 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 I think I think what it was actually, Jay, was that, you know, even when I was a baby and, you know, even before I started school, um, of course I had these physical challenges and I was, I guess, um, I needed more special care than yeah. perhaps your four-year-old or your eight-year-old. But in my household, the way my parents brought me up, they brought me up to believe that I was just the same as any other kid. So I've got sisters, you know, I grew up with my sisters and actually we're not too far apart in age. And literally the way we were treated at home by my parents, it was completely equal. So, you know, even when I stepped into the school environment, I I didn't feel like I needed to be handled with care in many ways because at home I was always treated like everybody else. So already at school, I was expecting to just be the same as everybody else. But of course, you are right. That doesn't stop kids from asking awkward questions and from yeah. you know kind of being a bit funny because I look so different um, and it was a challenge to begin with because school was probably the first time when uh, I started to realize that maybe I do need to behave in a certain in a different way because I'm not like everybody else exactly so I had to be more careful you know with how I played with other kids because when I played at home my sisters knew how to play with me yeah, but if, yeah, if I was right. playing at school you know I could kind of get a bit excited and then end up injuring myself again. And yeah. you listen, credit to your parents for doing that. There's a lot of parents and, uh, you know, I may fall in that trap where you're overprotective of your child. You know, they fall down now. It's like ring the school. What, what's happened? What's happened? Whereas your parents have that strength uh, to say, no, 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 look, you're going to be like everybody else. And what I like about it is rubbed, rubbed off on you. It's giving you the confidence yeah. because quite yeah. easily, I think, Parents can um, destroy a child's confidence quite easily, you know. 
Um, yeah. Growing up in my era, going back, you know, we were in a tough, you know, my, my parents were immigrants for, um, from India and it was like mm-hmm. work, work, work. And they didn't spend the time to give us the confidence we got ourselves. But with the, in your situation, you know, that's a lesson for anyone listening, even like as a parent myself, you know, that's inspiring for me to, you know, yeah. let your children get on with it. You know, don't look at the weaknesses, focus on the strengths. Yeah, I think I think for sure it's it's an important lesson, and I think to be honest, it must have been quite hard for my parents. I mean, obviously they're not here to speak for themselves, but you know, when you have a child, when you have any child, you want to protect them, you know, because yeah. you want to protect them from the world basically. And then even more so when your child has special needs, you probably feel like you need to be ten times more protective. But I guess their thinking was, you know, at some point I am going to have to go out into the real world. I am going to have to create a life for myself so you know pro- over protecting me would have probably hindered my progression in the long 100%. run as opposed to letting me you know go go out there fall down a few times and and learn to pick myself up which is the reality of how life is for everybody yeah, 100% yeah. so look you went through school um and secondary school was again um I'm assuming everyone just accepted for who you are because I think look nine times out of ten Mm-hmm. It's, it's what you think, right? If you think something's wrong with you or you think people are going to say something, they'll say it. Whereas I think, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm thinking you have the attitude, look, you, you, everyone has their down days, but you have the attitude, look, I'm just normal. And people start thinking, well, you are normal. Whereas if you started saying, I've got problems or don't come near me or, do you know what I mean? And people tend yeah. to pick up on that. Does that make sense? So I don't know if, the, is that yeah, right yeah. in what I'm saying? Yeah, no, it does. And, you know, like you say, like, I'm not going to pretend that you know, I was always like Mr. Cheerful, Mr. Chirpy every single day. Yeah. You know, I had my down days probably like you and for anybody else yes. who's listening to this. We all have those times. But I think the thing that I kind of became good at doing was to learn how to focus on my strengths. So, you know, for example, I mean, I could dwell on the fact that I have to use a wheelchair. I look different to everybody else. I, you know, yeah. the, the list goes on. And even you or your listeners, we can all find those that list of excuses or things that you know that we're not good at. But what if you actually ignore that list and focus on the things that you are strong at? And yeah. you know, for me, and from a young age, I've always found it easy to build connection and speak with people and you know and make friends. And yeah. you know, so when I was at school, I just thought, you know, effort, you know, <laughs> like I look completely different to everybody else. That's fine. But, you know, I'm just going to focus on showing my humor, showing my personality and just being happy and being present in this situation. Even if, of course, there were those days when I wished, oh, boy, I wish I could be part of the football team. Or, boy, I wish I was getting as much attention as some of the other boys in my class, for example. So I just decided to forget all that stuff and focus on the things I was good at. And honestly, I had such a good time in school and made so many friends who I still am in touch with today. That's an amazing thing. Amazing thing. You know, that's very inspiring. Um, and I, I'm being truly honest because, you know, we have the down days and you think, you know, we have issues and, you know, the way you've handled your issues. Yeah, definitely. You need to be out there telling more people. So when you finish school, so you've yeah. been through school, GCSEs, you did them. Yep. Um, and then you went to college after that? What was your, yeah, actually, what was your... yeah. I continued into sixth form. So my school had a sixth form kind of attached to it so I didn't have to go to a separate college so I just went straight into sixth form did that for two years and then after that I just went straight into uni cool which uni did you go 
I went to University of Westminster in London. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, and you yeah. spent through, how, how many years you spend there? Oh, gosh, about 50 years, it felt like, but it was, <laughs> it was actually four years doing computer science. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. So, do you know, you, uh, for example, I'm just trying to get around your mindset and your attitude mm. and, you know, your confidence. Mm. Do do most people with your type of conditions, would they have gone to like a special needs school? Is that where they normally tend to go? Is that, am I right in saying that? Yeah, I mean, I don't have data to back it up, but I've, I've, um, even there were times when, I, I should only speak for myself, like there were times when I was of school age, and yeah. we would have, you know, a they call it an occupational therapist. Yep, and, yep. Yeah, there would be like a, for anybody who doesn't know, like a social worker who gets assigned to your child if they have special needs. Yes. And they always made recommendations for me along the lines of, I should consider going to a special school. I should consider, you know, having uh, like a, uh, I think they called it a, and an in-school assistant, so somebody to be with me in my classroom and just make sure that I was alright and that type of thing. Um, so there were those kind of recommendations made because of the nature of my condition. Yeah. So I guess from that, it, it's fair to assume that you know, for people with my condition or conditions who are conditions which are more severe, then the expectation is that they would need to go to a, a special school. Um, it's just that my parents from the day one. They just wanted me to have a, a, a normal experience as possible. Excellent. Credit to them. Yeah, I, again, you know, it's it's an easy, I think, to relate your example to a lot of things in life, you know, you get told to go down the easy route. Mm-hmm. And the, the easy route is normally not the right route, right? Because <laughs> then you just expect everything to be done for you. Whereas if you got the opposite way around. Um, and again, you, the, you know, you've done that again. You've you've had people telling you to go down a different route, but you know your parents were strong for you, which which was great. So once you graduate from university, I know I, I did a bit of reading, and uh, you know I know about yeah. your story anyway. You had a few challenges getting jobs because school is a different environment because you've been from you know nursery going up, so you know the system, you know how it works. Uh-huh. You know, I'm I'm in the world of business. I'm not tough yeah. it is. You know, the market can be very, very cruel to, to people like me, just generally. Yeah. Um, yeah. How, what challenge did you have? Because you mentioned about jobs and you, you struggled to get a job at some point, if, if I'm right in saying that. And yeah, how did you go about right. doing that? Yeah so, so, yeah, so when I graduated, I actually graduated, like I said, with a degree in computer science. And, you know, it was a good degree. Yeah. I didn't just pass. I actually got a really high, high honours degree. And in my mind, I thought, you know, with this qualification, then getting a job should be pretty straightforward. Yeah. Because you always hear about, you know, there's always a um, there's always a requirement for people with technical skills, for people who understand technology. So in my yeah. mind, literally, it was I thought it would just be automatic to get a job. Um, and I was completely wrong. So it might have been something to do with the fact that I graduated in 2009. Yeah. which was just after the global financial crisis. Yeah, yeah, that was um, a challenging time, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, so it was a tough time, not just for me, but for anybody in the job market mm. mm-hmm. in that period. But what I found was that, you know, it, it took me, eventually it took me about six or seven months to secure my first graduate job. And because I had come into it with this assumption that it was all going to be automatic, that was probably one of the toughest six or seven months in my life. 
Um, yeah. And it literally needed me to to really look into my mindset. And I think that's actually where I started to become aware about resilience, which is one of the speaking topics that I share with audiences. And, and just how this idea of actually having the, not just the talent to, um, to deliver, but actually having the ability to keep going even when you're not seeing results straight away. Yeah. You, so at that time, did you do any reading? Where, where did this resilience come from? You know, do, did, you, did you have any kind of mentor at the time? Did you, how did you get the resilience? Because a lot of people have different ways of getting it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've always been a reader. I think in that time, it was it was almost in some ways because what was happening was, and, and this was really frustrating in many ways, a lot of my friends and associates, people who we graduated with at the same time, they got jobs quite quite quickly. I mean, they didn't get them maybe straight away, but yeah. within one or two months, most of my close circle had secured that job. So I think that kind of added to my doom and gloom because I was thinking, oh my God, even he's got a job, even she's got a job, I'm literally the last one in the yeah. group. Um, and I think, to be honest, I don't know if it was one thing that kind of flipped it for me, but I think it just got to a point where I kind of had to call my own BS and yeah, yeah. literally look myself in the mirror and say, you know, you could either sit here and play the victim and say that people are not hiring you because you're different and you know because you know you have a disability etc or you could literally take ownership of the situation and in my case what that meant was instead of applying for you know 10 applications job applications in a week I decided I was literally going to double my efforts over everything and you know for anybody who's listening you know a lot of the time when things go wrong you know the easy option and the comfort zone is to stay in that victim mentality and that actually feels really good in the moment because when you play the victim, you don't actually have yeah. to work harder. You don't have to try. But when you say, actually, this one is on me. I need to double my effort. I need to do more research, send more job applications, work harder on my relationships, go to the gym three times a week instead of once a week. That's when you start to change the results. Yes, action taken. And, you know, I've got a thing now where you will have these moments of down. And I just say now, and even myself, everyone does, you know, if you don't, then you're not being honest, but put a time limit on it. Say, look, okay, you know what? I feel like crap today. I'll let today ride that, but tomorrow I'm jumping back on that horse. And, you know, you're not going to let it ride. What people do, they let it go on and on and on. And one thing I like about that is, look, there's no secret format to anything. You just, you double up your numbers. Even in business now, it's activity. It's like, yeah. what are you doing? Okay, you send this one email, one yeah. application, you're in this one client, you try yeah. and book something, you think, oh, you're waiting for that one chance. No, mate, do a hundred of them, you know, and yeah. 10 will come back. And yeah. I like the way you've said that because, you know, you put an action plan together, right? Yeah. You sort that you thought, because it's all right sitting there pumping yourself up thinking, yeah, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. I'm pumped up. It's like going to the gym, watching all the YouTube videos, getting so pumped up, but never going out and actually working out, right? And then you feel, and the worst thing is you feel so much worse when you actually watch it again. But get yeah. on with it, do it. Um, but that's, that's interesting, the way you said that and the way you got yeah. back onto it. It's really fascinating. Yeah. It's good. No, it's, it's literally, like you say, a numbers game. And I think a lot of the time people worry about you know, everything, all, all their ducks having to be lined up in a row before they take action. Yeah. But to be honest, nowadays I'll say I would rather take action and literally make a bunch of mistakes than take no action at all. Yeah. Because a lot of people are really uh, scared of failure or scared of 
not getting it right straight away. But that failure, for me, there is no such thing as failure. Failure happens the day you stop trying. And anything mm-hmm. that happens in between is feedback. Yeah. I look, I, I do mentoring and I have mentees. And I turn, I turn mentees down because if, you know, even as mentors, we haven't got the magic bullet, you know. Um, you've still got to be willing to work, put the effort in. Because if you come to me and I, you want me to be my mentor or my programs, mm-hmm. if you're not willing to put the work in, it's never going to work. I mean, you're going to look at the mentor as why didn't it work? So you've got to, you've got to do something yourself first. You've got to really put the effort in. And even if you go to like courses or mentoring or go to mentors, listen, they're going to look at, are you putting the effort in? You can't go with nothing. You have to go with something and then take it to the next level. And that's where you get more knowledge. Right. Uh, But yeah, you know, you have to put action in your start. You've got to start with yourself. You know, don't look at other people to help you. Does that make sense? Yeah, um, there's no really bullet. and you can't compare your your progress to anybody else's. Just because he sent ten emails or she sent, you know, twenty emails and got a result, it, it doesn't mean that your numbers are going to be the same. You might have to send a hundred emails to get the same result. Yes, yeah, just double up on your number. Just keep <laughs> on the effort in. And then yeah. if it's not working, I always mention one of my early mentors, and he said two things. And I've always done it. He always says, whenever I had a problem or I wanted a solution, he goes, test and measure, right? Uh, test uh, it, measure it. Now, if it, you know, there's no point doing something thinking, I'm going to send 100 emails out. I'm going to send it for the next six years and <laughs> I'm going to double up the numbers because Jay said double up. No, no, you might be sending the wrong email message out. So, you know, for a month, send 100 emails. Then look yeah. at the copy. What are you doing? And that's where a mastermind or working with someone who knows what they're doing helps. So you've got to put the effort in, but the right effort, right? But you've got to start with yeah. the effort, you know. You've got to start with it. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. Definitely. So, yeah. so um, you've got your job, you know. Again, again, another time where you could have turned around and said, look, um, I'm not getting the job because of X, Y, and Z. But again, you thought, you know what? I'm going to put the effort in. And I like that. Again, the mm-hmm. mindset thing for you, um, because... I think with yourself, Winston, and I'm sure that might be saying this, you can, you, you've got an excuse in a sense, in your mind. You can make an excuse up. You can say, I've got this condition, right? Yeah. It's easy for you. Whereas, you know, most people just make it up anyway. I've got a bit of a cold, you know, whatever. <laughs> but you still were strong. And I like that about you. And I like the fact that you thought, you know what? No, I'm still going to get back on that horse. I'm going to do it. Action thing. So I think that mindset is amazing. So do you think that's come from your parents in a sense? Where they've like that your mentors in a sense because they gave you that or have you read loads of books and became stronger yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a combination of things, Jay. Um, definitely, my parents is one, and you know that one we've talked about. The other thing, of course, is reading. I'm an avid reader. I I try to read a book a week, which which was sort of my average for last year. This yeah. year, I'm trying to read you know less books, but kind of go do a deeper dive into them. So I've said I'm going to read five books, but I'm going to read each of them three times and do like yeah. a proper deep dive into them. Um, so, so definitely reading and, you know, for those people who struggle with reading, you've got audio books as well, you've got YouTube videos, like whatever works for you. You just need to cons- be consuming positive content that helps you work on your mindset. So that's yeah. so important. Um, and then the third one I would say is definitely mentors and coaching. So, you know, I've had a number of mentors and, you know, I'm not going to say that they were all amazing for me, but I've had one or two mentorship experiences that were literally life changing. Um, that kind of helped me to understand myself and to almost 10x my, my mindset. 
And and actually what, what came out of one of those mentorships was me beginning to understand that maybe part of the reason that I've always been so resilient, so driven, is because deep down I've always known, I've always felt like I had a, a bigger purpose uh, for my life. And, and almost seeing my disability as a, almost like a gift from God for those of you who are religious. And, yeah, you know, and, and using this gift to hopefully help other people overcome their challenges, whatever those might look like. So I actually see it as my duty to get on the stage and share my story and help as many people as possible. And that, that's actually what keeps me going on those days when I'm thinking, ah, you know, I can't really be bothered to send those emails there. Or I can't really be bothered to go and do these speaking gigs. I know that my mission and my purpose is actually bigger than Winston. So that's what actually pushes me forward. Yeah. And I think you're right, because I do a lot of speaking for the Prince's Trust and businesses yeah. now. And you're right, it, it is it is hard work. But once yeah. you're, you know, on that stage and people engaging with you and you've got a story to tell, I think it becomes a lot easier, right? Because you're speaking from the heart. I speak from my experiences mm. and mm -hmm. it's a lot easier to do that. Whereas, I don't know about you, Winston, let's say, because, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago for myself, yeah, I, yes, I could get on stage, but I'm not speaking anything from the heart. Mm -hmm. I'm more speaking it from textbooks and regurgitating the information. So I always say to people, you know, to do mentoring, but, you know, you've got to go through a journey yourself and then you can help someone else on that journey. Yeah. Um, you've been through so many challenges that you can really, and when you say it, even talking to you now, I can, you know, uh, feel the passion and mm. I can feel your, your, your journey, do you know what I mean? Which insp inspires me and my listeners. Um, and I think it's definitely important you get that message out there. Yeah, yeah, thank you. And, you know, I, I would say to people, I feel like I'm almost in a, in a unique position, right? Because I'm not the only speaker in the UK or even in the world who talks about resilience. There's hundreds, yeah, probably thousands, right? But I know that I've also got a, a bit of an advantage in that if you see me on stage and then you see another resilient speaker on stage, I'm probably going to be more memorable to you than the next person. Even if yeah. he gave, you know, a, a 10 times better presentation than I did. And, you know, because I have that ability to be memorable, why not use that to, you know, get my message heard by as many people as possible and help them overcome their stuff as well. Yeah, and I love that. And for the listeners, look, everybody's got their own take. You know, I like the way, you know, you said that and you're, you know, the way you said that, you know, you've got a gift, you know, rather than seeing it as a negative, you've actually got a gift because you are different. And that's a positive thing because your message can be remembered, you know, to, to a lot more people, like you said. But everybody's got a gift. You just got to seek out what your gift is. You got to seek out um, the fact that you've got what you've been given, you know, and just make the most of it. Because ultimately, we're only here for a short time, whether you, you know, we like it or not. You know, I turned 40 um, um, on Sunday. I'm not sure when this will go out, but it was a couple of, January the 20th is my birthday. And yeah. I got loads of messages, which was really, really, you know, for my listeners as well. But look, I, I feel like I feel like 21 was yesterday, you know. And when I'm 60, I'm going to feel like 21 was two days away. Yeah. So how quick can life pass us by? And I think we've got to get the message out there because, you know, we've got the tools, the internet, the podcasts, YouTube. And I think it's our duty to, once we've had an experience... And if you've got the knowledge to pass on to help other people, we've got to do that. And, you know, I think it's very, very um, you, good that you're doing that. I think 
it's important you do that. So you're right. You know, you have got a higher purpose. I think everybody has. Yeah. And honestly, I feel so strongly about that. And it's almost, I guess to compare it with something would be almost in, you know, you're a businessman, Jay. So, you know, and your listeners as well, they'll be familiar with the, with the idea of having a unique selling point, a USP. And a lot of the time, you know, your USP is the thing that you hate about yourself. (laughs) Uh, in, In my case, I could have said, I don't want to speak on stage because I, I, I'd be the disabled speaker. But actually, being a disabled speaker is the thing that helps me stand out and be memorable. So, you know, for anybody thinking, you know, about, you know, what makes me different? You know, should I, should I start a business? Should I become a speaker? Should I become, become a coach? Maybe, maybe it's that thing which you, which you, which you're really resistant about sharing about yeah. yourself that actually creates that story or that, you know, the idea that attracts people to you. Yeah. And there's a lot of people out there, um, speakers and, and, and people doing this kind of thing, but they're not speaking the truth. I think, Winston, you speak your truth. And guess what the thing is? We can see your truth. So it's so natural, right? Um, and I think in this day of age, lots of speakers, we don't know who's telling what and who's telling what, who's done that. It's not verified. You know, I've been in business now for mm-hmm. uh, 18 years and I've been, you know, documenting my journey because I knew one day that I want to share my message, but the way to share it is by doing it first and sharing it. Um, And yeah, it's difficult, but yeah, your unique sitting point, it is you, Winston, you, you you know, but even by looking at you and talking with you now, I I, I can see the challenges you would have had because you're different to me. Does that make sense? So I can connect with you straight away. Um, And then when I see you being energetic and positive about it, I'm thinking, wow, you know, and, and people listening to this, you know, you should check Winston out, you know, he's, he's, he's on social media, but look, the guy, you know, wherever he's had, he's turned it into a positive. He's saying it's a gift. So if you're there kicking yourself, and you don't want to start the business because you might fail. Look, you know, failure is a part of life, you know, and at the end of the day, you've exactly. got an opportunity to keep going, right? For sure, for sure. So, yeah. so with your challenges, Winston, because, you know, how do you deal with your down days? Because... You know, we all have them. We all have them. And a lot of people can hide them very well. But how would you deal with your down days? What do you do? What's your secret to to getting back up and going again? You know, when you've had lots of um, times where you've got to go to the doctor or whatever, you know, with your condition kind of thing. How do you deal with that? Because, like I said, people get down with a bit of a cold these days, you know. (laughs) And you know, I'm not even going to lie and say that, you know, even when I get a cold sometimes, I do just want to stay in bed and feel sorry for myself because yeah. I'm a human being. Um, you know, like I said, I talk about resilience, but I talk about, you know, being resilient is almost like a, like a spectrum. So you can't always be on maximum resilience, you know, every single day. There are days when you're just going to feel like, yeah, you know, today I just want to give up and not do anything. And then there are other days when, you know, your mindset is going to be a lot stronger. Um, and what kind of exacerbates that as well is this world that we live in now of mm. social media, Instagram, yeah. where kind of everybody appears to be living the perfect life. 100%. <laughs> so you're in your home, your business is struggling, your relationship is on the rocks, you know, you're having health challenges and you're scrolling down your newsfeed and everybody's on the beach. Everybody's got a six pack. Yeah. You know, yeah. everybody, <laughs> everybody's yeah. carrying like wads of cash with them everywhere they go. And you're wondering why, when am I ever going to get to that level? And you know, that, that actually plays a part in creating this culture of people feeling really sorry for themselves yeah. over the smallest things. 
But yeah, to your point about what what do I do specifically when I'm having a down day? Honestly, like this is not anything profound that I'm about to say. But for me, the biggest thing is to surround myself with people that basically call me up on my BS. So people will literally yeah. say, shut up, Winston. It's only a cold. Go and do your speaking gig. You know, like you don't need to arrange or make it into a big deal. So you need to kind of have that accountability, which I'm sure you'll be familiar with as a coach. Yeah, yeah. And just having those friends, those mentors, those coaches who are not afraid to tell it like it is. So... Yeah, if you, the, the more of those people you surround yourself with, the more you'll find that, you know, the silly excuses and the victim mentality gets removed from the person that you are. Yeah, no, you're 100%. And going back to my mentors, when I, you know, early on in my career, when I was very young into my business career, was the fact that I could be honest with them. And they yeah. knew me and I could say, look, I'm struggling. You know, because when you're out there in the business world, um, in sales, You've got to be positive because the client's not going to sell to you. Um, going to work with you unless you're positive about what you're selling. And, and and really for them to give you the reassurance, look, it's going to be all right. You know, just get on with it. The recession was a big thing for me in 2009. I know you couldn't get, you weren't getting a job, but my business was falling apart in the recession because um, we were in recruitment. So we lost a lot, of, a lot of people in our jobs. So I think personally with the mentor's accountability, one thing is I think a lot of people just say, or get a mentor, or um, and just go out and get one. But I think you need to be inspired by them. Um, I was inspired by my mentor because he'd run a business, he did what I wanted to do, um, and I feel like he was the right fit for me. Does that make sense to yeah. you? Um, yeah. I think sometimes people think it's, it's a magic formula, it's not. But in a sense, if you get the right one, the accountability, the times when you're down, the times where people can't, you can't really go on social media and say, oh, by the way, I'm having a shit day today. And you know what? I've lost this contract. I've totally had this bad relationship. Look, I don't know what to do, guys. Yeah, you get loads of messages, but it's just not the way it's built. The platform's built a lot on people just sharing everything positive. And when someone does put something negative, everyone's like, yeah, are you okay? Are you okay? And these ain't even your friends, right? They're just people just commenting. And then, and then someone will put a, another stupid comment, are you doing this for attention? You know, it's like you, you, you're putting your problem out to the world, you know, and, and you're going to get loads of different answers. So, yeah, 100% accountable, being around. Your network is everything. I'm, you know, my family is my network now, my, my wife, my two daughters and yeah. my mentors. Listen, I don't need, you know, I've got lots of people who follow me and I, mm -hmm. I inspire them. But generally, your close core friends and your mentors are the ones that are going to help you. Like you said, call your BS out. But here's the thing, Winston, it's because you respect them, right? If someone called you a BS out and you don't respect you, thinking, well, you know, but get back in your lane, yeah? Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. You'd probably come to blows if somebody was calling <laughs> yeah, me out. Yeah. Like that. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah it, it's so important to, um, and like I said, you know, I've worked with many different mentors and some of them I've even paid to coach me, others were free, yeah. you know, just all, all kind of different types of arrangements. And it's not necessarily the people that I've, I've paid to work with that had the biggest impact on me. Yeah, so, yeah. Like said, it's, it's all about finding the fit, both in terms of, you know, for example, if I'm trying to be an international speaker, then I should probably look into work with somebody who's done some international speaking, for example. Yeah. So that's one side of it. But on the other hand, it should be somebody that I respect and we have a connection as people, right? It's like how me and you are talking right yeah. now and it's really easy, conversational, and, you know, we could probably, this would probably be like us on a coffee date or something. Yeah, definitely. Like, that's the way you want it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not like we're on 
a media platform. Yeah. And, you know, if, if you're able to have that kind of rapport and engagement with your mentor, on top of them being able to give you their business expertise, for me, I found that to be the best combo. Yeah, 100%. I saw a comment recently about that situation where a mentor was telling somebody what to do and she wasn't really happy about it. And then I just put a comment on there. It comes to the fact that you're not inspired by them. Yeah. Because when a mentor tells you something, whether it's good or bad, if you're inspired by them, you're going to listen to them. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and they will never tell you what to do. They'll just guide it out you. Like Winston, yeah. you want to do public speaking. Okay, yeah. great. Why do you want to do it? Oh, brilliant. This is how I did it. Yeah. This is the problems I had, but I don't want you to do that. That's the relationship, you know, yeah. and, and that's what you need you need to do. But yeah, definitely 100% agree with everything you said there. So look, you're at the moment, you're going to public speaking. Look, you've had a good journey. You've worked in... So when did you make the decision? Are you still working in the corporate world or are you just going full into public speaking now? Where are you at the moment? What are you doing at the moment? Yeah, so at the moment, I am still doing a little bit of consulting for the corporate world. But my aim is in the next three months or so to dive full on into public speaking, into online courses, which is another area that I'm developing Brilliant. and into doing my workshops as well. So I'm just trying to, you know, think of different ways of delivering my message to reach as yeah. many people as possible. Excellent. I like it. And I think you'll be great. And I, and I think a lot of people will be hearing this podcast. I'm sure they're going to follow you. I'm sure you're going to, you know, do big things. And your message is one of, look, it's, you know, just just basically put the effort in. Think of all the tools you've got. Because I think a lot of people now, and even when I speak to my mentors and talk about it, a lot of the first bit is, look, come on, you could do this. If I can do it, coming from uh, an immigrant uh, background with my parents, and I've you know got some big boy contracts on, Landry Jaguar, if I can do it, you can do it. And that's the belief. When someone can see someone and feel someone and touch someone in a way that they can meet with them, and inspire them it just changes the game i met grant cardone um i don't know if you nice. follow grant yeah. cardone um and i talk about him quite regularly and he's going to come on the show we're just talking he's got the 10x conference at the moment we're nice. looking to get him in in the next months and look when i met him i'd never met near enough billionaire i've been around multi-millionaires and they're in my circle and we meet yeah. regular but never met someone who's nearly a billionaire but when i met with him and i spoke to him he made me believe that he's nothing special. Yeah. And um, that's what I like about Grant. You know, he just says it as it is. You put the work in. So when people see yourself and they see me and see other people doing talks and trying to inspire them, if we can change a few people's lives, I think we're done, right? We're going to be happy and people can remember us. Yeah, honestly, like I was, I was even saying to, I think I was saying it on another interview that, you know, some of the most rewarding things that have happened in my speaking career, it's, it's not even the TEDx, it's not even you know, getting booked to do a, a corporate gig that paid really well or yeah. getting an international gig. Like some of the times I felt most fulfilled was when I just get the odd Facebook message from a complete stranger. Yeah. They came across one of my videos or they watched my TEDx or they saw me speak somewhere, but we didn't get to connect on the day. And, you know, it stopped them from feeling depressed. It stopped them from, you know, having negative thoughts. And, you know, just a simple two-line message in my Facebook inbox just makes me think, wow, if I'm able to impact one person in this yeah. way, then it just makes all of this worth it. Yeah. And you've got you've got to do, you know, I think before, you know, obviously my mentoring programs, people come on there and they contribute. With regards to when I first saw my business, yeah. the first three years I was doing mentoring for the Prince's Trust, 
yeah. which basically, look, it's very easy for me just to go straight to mentoring after selling a seven-figure business and have all the experience, 10 years in a tough industry. Um, but what I wanted to do is work with people where my agenda was to make them better and work with different kind of things. And I work with magicians who've gone like international uh, superstar now. One of the magicians, I work with property guys, I work with locksmiths because you know what? I did it for the love of it. And I thought, you know, it's a bit like an apprenticeship, right? And I think a lot of people go into too soon and they don't see the value in doing it. Whereas yourself, you know, at the end of the day, you've got to really have that motivation to do it but do it for the love of it. You know, I'm sure yeah. you know, you'll get you you'll get paid well and I get paid with certain things, but it's not about the money. It's more about no. the legacy building. Yeah, honestly, it's not. And, you know, now I've got a lot of speakers, a lot of coaches in my circle because obviously this is the field that I'm operating in at the moment. And, you know, I, I see speakers who, who've come in, they're new speakers, and maybe their mindset is more focused on how can I earn a living from speaking? Yeah. You know, which is fair enough, we all have overheads to pay mortgages and, and, and whatnot. But for me, I think the thing that has actually propelled my my success in many ways, and I'm not saying that I've been super successful, but I've made some progress in a short space of time. I think the thing that has enabled that was I literally came into this with the mindset of, you know, this is my passion. I just want to give, 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 like value, value, value. And, and you see where it takes me. And, yeah. you know almost organically, like the booking started to come, you know, the request to speak internationally, the requests to be on podcasts like this, they just happen yeah. organically because people see that, you know, I'm more leaning towards giving value and to helping people as opposed to making money, which is of course important because I have a mortgage too. But, uh, yeah, you yeah. know, when you, when you put value first and, uh, and focus on wanting to become the best at what you do, Everything else just falls into place. Yeah, and that's 100%. So I, I follow that journey. Well, this, po this podcast is free. And, uh, you know, I've got a book deal, audio book deal with a company we just spoke off air about. And that was just because I'm putting my content on there. But look, first thing I'm mentoring, people say, oh, Jay, I want to work with you. What's your fees? And I just say, look, go to the podcast. It's free. Check it out. Listen to my episodes. I've done, I think, nearly 40 now. And just check the content. And if you feel that you want to go to the next level and you work, you want to work to one-to-one -to -one and you want my time and you want me to be committed to you, then let's have a conversation. But generally, yeah. go to the podcast, check them out for free. Because for me, giving this out free and we've got, you know, listeners around in 52 countries now um, and it's getting, you know, people listen to regular is I'm giving it out to you guys, you know, just use it, use the stuff. Um, I'm always here for you guys if you want to go somewhere else with, with the relationship. But look, I, I look, podcasting takes time. It takes money. You've got a team of editors and put it together. But I didn't start looking at thinking, oh, God, you know what? I've got to make this money back. I'm thinking, I'm, this podcast, is, I want to carry this on forever. Because one, I get to interview people like yourself, and you're doing it for free as well. And if we can inspire one or two people in the back of this, that's great. And, exactly. And things will come itself anyway. It's the way you put it out to the universe. It comes back anyway. Um, but, you know, that's that's something which I believe in as well. Yeah, so true. Cool. So look, we're coming towards the end of the podcast. Look, you know, um, there's so much more we could talk about. Like, you know, we've just connected. You know, we, we've got the same values, want to help people. And, you know, it's great to have a conversation with you. So look, if people want to get hold of you, um, Winston, where's the best place they can get hold of you and follow you? Is there any particular way you want to yeah. point the audience towards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and thank you for, for saying that. I think for me, the the easiest thing to do is to just go on my website, which is winstonclements.com. 
and on my website you find all the links in my social media so you know whichever social media platform is your preference i'm sure i am on it and you can find the link yeah. on my website so happy to connect feel free to send me a message and you know if anything really resonated with you on this on this discussion that i've had with jay then definitely drop me a line i'd love to know yeah and check winston out you know he's he's just speaking gigs i'm sure he'll release them on his on his social media make sure you go and check him out the guy's inspiring you know i want to get him on this podcast is about business but look the first thing is a mindset the inspiration you know having that strong mindset because business is you know it's a war of nutrition you've got to be strong you've got to be you know because the market doesn't care what you are you know you've got to really be able to fight with that you know at the end of the day that's the important thing so there's one takeaway you can take from this podcast is that no matter what you've got you've got everything you need you don't need anything else. Everything's out there. It's about you making the decision now to take it to the next level, starting that business, doing what you want to do next, and then getting the right knowledge and advice. Um, I think that's really important. Cool. I want to thank you again, Winston. Thank you for coming on the podcast. No, I appreciate it so much. And hopefully we'll get to do this again. 100%. So if you've got any questions, you can always get me at J at Business Mentor Podcast. I want to thank you for your support. Thank you for listening. Until the next time. Goodbye and have a great week. Cheers.